What's it like being a grandparent? Uh, uh, it's the fun. best. <laughs> <laughs> We actually call her grandmother Yingying, which is the Chinese word for grandmother on the father's side of the family. Uh, I called him, I call him Grandpa Foot. We in our native language in Hindi, we call them Dada and Dadi. My other grandmother would be Maman Bazur, which is Persian for grandmother. Mikechu means old woman in Kinyarwanda. I called her Safta, which is a Hebrew word for grandmother. Everybody called her Mami Tita. We called her Mima, Mima and Dede. Grandma. Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Robin. Welcome to Stories from Grandparents, the podcast where we share stories about and from grandparents. This is one of my favorite episodes we've recorded so far. And when I had the idea for the podcast, this is really what I imagined, is grandchildren interviewing their grandparents about life stories and life events. However, it ended up being a bit more challenging to recruit grandparents than we anticipated. And if you, dear listener, <laughs> have a grandparent that you would like to interview, please contact us at storiesfromgrandparentspodcast at gmail.com. In this episode, Natasha and Y are interviewing their grandmother, Bernice. You may notice that you'll hear a couple other voices because Natasha's dad, Graham, and our producer, JP, jumped in to ask some questions of their own. My name is Y Sim, and I am the grandson of Bernice Sim. And joining me uh, in, with this conversation is my cousin, Natasha. Hi, my name is Natasha Sim. And uh, we actually call her grandmother Yingying, which is the Chinese word for grandmother on the father's side of the family. So we'll be talking to Yingying today. <laughs> so uh, I guess we should talk about Yingying. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so I, I can give a few facts, I guess, about you. Uh, so you're uh, recently turned 85, mm -hmm. uh, born in 1933, April 4th. And uh, you were born in Montreal, but moved to Ottawa when you were eight. And uh, as we alluded to, our big family. Uh, so she had three boys and two girls and six grandchildren. Um, so actually, a couple of years ago, I was hanging out with Ying, and we were talking about life, and we were talking about different things that we valued in life and different characteristics that we valued. And two of them that Ying had as her top five values or principles to live by was flexible uh, and adaptable living and the, the importance of continual learning. So those are things that I think are really carried through to me, and I know my sister, and I know your family yeah. as well. So what are your top five values? Top five values in life and why. Uh, continue, continual learning, flexibility and adapt, adaptability. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, respect. Respect from where they come from. In other words, you respect their, um, their um, origins as well. And their different nationalities as well and different cultures, and honesty and transparency. Well, we talk about that all every day, don't we, <laughs> in today's world. Uh, need to live, and need to live in the world today as it's always changing. I think you, that's something that respecting people 
and understanding where people are coming from is something that you 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 teach us a lot. Uh, so I wanted to know a little bit more about why you think those values are so important. And did your parent, like when your parents came over from China, did they also feel that way? Or was it something that you learned separately from them? I don't think my uh, family, my parents felt that way about it. Because in those days when you're coming over, when you immigrate, you don't have time to analyze. You do what is absolutely necessary. So as we were discussing, I think it's more um, intuitive and you just did what was necessary. Whereas today we tend to research everything and balance it out, you know, the good list, the bad list. So I think my parents probably did everything intuitively. But um, they were both very uh, intelligent people, street intelligence. They were not highly educated. Uh, I don't think either of them finished high, uh, high school. And, but um, <clears throat> they had a good, very excellent work ethic, as most immigrants do. And um, they, uh, my father came over, and I don't know, he came not equipped to do anything. He was sponsored by relatives. And so he became, uh, I guess the most I remember about my dad is he became a chef in a very wealthy family in Montreal. So actually, he had to learn everything from scratch. So this is why I think the learning part comes in. He didn't go to Cordon Bleu. He didn't go to Algonquin. He just learned by um, intuition. Uh, I'm sure he read because you didn't uh, have, uh, you know, the podcast or TV. Mm-hmm. Um, or, uh, so he learned how to, and my mother learned the same way. My mother actually was a seamstress at uh, Eaton's in Montreal. She was a wonderful sewer. She made bridal um, bridal headdress, hats, and she continued to do that in her own life. She made all my clothes, I think, until I went to university. <laughs> so I didn't know how to shop. <laughs> and she uh, crocheted. She was excellent with her hands. But she was also very nurturing, and she was very supportive of my father. In those days, you, you, you just supported each other. There wasn't any debate in your mind about his... You know, am I doing more of my share or less of my share? So I think from that point of view, um, the learning part was intuitive. Uh, And as I said to the children, I feel that that's the way I learned too when I was younger. And just looking back now that my um, learning process has become more analytical. Not much fun. I think the other way is more more emotional. So that's the the learning part. And um, what about flexibility, flexibility and adaptability? Well, be, it comes naturally, I think, because if you're going to be learning, you're going to have to be flexible. And I think, too, you, you just roll with the punches, hmm. or my parents did anyway. And I think I did that, too, when I was younger, because uh, my father moved to Ottawa from Montreal, not having, um, he wanted to open a restaurant. And the people he worked for really didn't want him to leave. So he stayed an extra year, and they invited the, fa- uh, the children and my mother to live with them. And it was such a big house that we had a portion to ourselves. My brother and I had our own bedrooms, which we never had before. And they had two gardens, and we were delegated one garden where we could play and do whatever we wanted. Uh, the laundress did our washing and ironing. It was a really wonderful year because <laughs> we learned how to... Uh, um, well, we learned a lot from these people, too. They were very engaging uh, people. 
And uh, but my dad wanted to open his own business, so he came to Ottawa and um, bought into a restaurant. And eventually, bought over the whole restaurant. And the short time that he was alive, he did very well. My mother was able to live comfortably, not not you know extravagantly, but comfortably, because he died at the age of forty-eight, and he came in his thirty. I think he was thirty-seven mm. or so. Uh, when I came to Ottawa, I was eight years old. How old were you when he died? When he died, I was 23. Mm-hmm. About that, I think, yes. I just finished university. And uh, uh, we were home. We lived in Ottawa, and he died the following year, so it wasn't very long that we were. And I had looked forward to coming home and, uh, you know, learning. My father was going to teach us mahjong and uh, just sharing time because... Uh, uh, my parents were easy to live with. You know, they, they weren't demanding because they were too busy. That's the other thing. When your parents are busy, they put a roof over your head, food on your table, and warmth in the house, and you just carried on and tried to be a good girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember you, you, you told also a lot of stories about um, your times just hanging out with Yaya after the kids were out of the house. You went, You did a lot of trips together and... Uh, no, it was before that because oh. after the children left, he had his accident. Oh, okay. Because the year he had my my husband uh, was a quadriplegic. At I think he was fifty, fifty one maybe. We were hiking in the Adirondacks, and they have old like the lodge we stayed at was over a hundred years old, and they had bunk beds that were made by hand many years ago, and they were not standard. So he fell out of the top bunk bed and. Um, um, injured his spine. I think he was mm-hmm. 51. So he's a quadriplegic for um, 30 years. And uh, he was home all the time. And he did go into respite a couple of times in the last couple of years. But he was home. We were mm-hmm. able to manage it at home. Mm-hmm. But, I think um, that's a brilliant mm-hmm. example of your adaptability and flexibility. I consider yeah. that yeah. A, yeah. a lot. But it wasn't, wasn't just adapting to that, but he had to adapt to everything every year. Yeah, because things changed mm-hmm. every year, mm-hmm. and the last two years were very difficult. Uh-huh. But you know, I uh, the boys were really, really a big help. Yeah, well, that's a yeah. perfect well, demonstration of continual learning yeah. and adaptability mm-hmm. and flexibility. Yeah. Because you well, learned how to do yeah. everything, as you said, from scratch. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his doctors used to say to me that I, uh, um, you know, how you're supposed to when you get older take a a language, pick up a language or pick up music or something. And, and um, the doctors used to say to me, you don't have to do that, Bernice. You know, you, you learn to... Um, um, sort medication. Sort medication. <laughs> you have to be a secretary in all his medical appointments. Insurance uh, broker. <laughs> yes. And also, uh, what else? I learned how to f- uh, tube feed him because he had to use a tube feed. Yeah. Which yeah. took a lot of adjusting because I was also afraid he's going to starve. You know, and it, <laughs> well, food's very important in our family. <laughs> very important. Yeah, and I could one <laughs> one morning I couldn't get it to work at two o'clock in the morning. I had to call um, the emergency, and uh, a, y- a young man came, and he was so so good. I thought he was an engineer; he could get the thing working. But he was actually a physician from uh, Korea, and uh, he told me that he had a family to support. And this is what he did because he didn't have time or the money to um, apply for uh, a medical exam, you know, to take the medical exams. Mm. And uh, 
I admired him too because uh, he, he he taught it so much better because he was very articulate in a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was that, and then you know a lot of other nursing things that, uh, yeah. And the doctor, she said, oh, you should have been a nurse. And I said, if I wanted to be a nurse, I would have been a nurse. <laughs> I don't need all this. I don't need all this. Yeah, it, was, it took a lot of adjustment, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, he could uh, use a walker and walk a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, I remember he was, he was walking around yeah. with, with some help, and yeah. uh, we would play cards, and he yes. would move the cards yeah. and mm-hmm. play checkers and chess. And yeah. He was very pieces. good with yeah. the ground. He played cards. Games with the grandchildren, and yeah. we baked cookies at Christmas, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah And he would that. help with the baking of the cookies. And my mother, after a stroke, also <laughs> baked. Uh, so we had Purple cookies. Yeah, all kinds yeah. of cookies, yes. With a little cherry on yes. top. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a big adjustment. And I, um, and one of my daughters uh, took her own life, and that was a big adjustment, too. So you, uh, and that's what I mean by be adaptable. You have to uh, somehow carry on. Yeah, you're definitely an inspiration to, I know for myself and my sister Jessica, and I know you guys as well, why, but you just are constantly able to adapt so seamlessly. It's not easy, but it seems, it seems like you don't put any effort into it, which is very inspirational. How do you feel people treat each other now compared to before? Uh, it was easy. Everything was easy then. You know, if you were a, a kind person and didn't try to, you know, have arguments, everything was easy. Do you think that's changed? Uh, yes, I think so. I think so. Mm. I think so. Why? Well, I don't think we look after each other the way we used to. We're much more uh, cautious I think it's the world condition. We were talking about that today when I was out for a uh, uh, lunch. A friend, uh, one of the women uh, had seen, a, she's a nurse, she's seen a bicycle accident. And she, her nursing instincts came out right away. She took him home, because it's right around the corner, and, and tied him all up and cleaned him all up. And then uh, she wanted to take him to the hospital, but he wouldn't go. And as a the uh, the um, process proceeded. She felt he was sort of schizophrenic. She's a nurse, and it turns out he, from her conversation, that he was on drugs and so mm-hmm. on. So that was. I said, you know, she said that was very stupid of her to do it. I said, no, that's the way we were. That's the era we were born in, that we we cared about people. But now, you know, I wouldn't have taken him home because now he knows where I live because he has come back to her house. So now she's saying my children are telling me I, you know, I should really hmm. get more security around the house. If you want to treat people well, if you want to treat people the way you want to be treated, to me that's sort of, I think that, that jumps out at me more. This goes back into your respect thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think that people today don't do that as much as they used to? Or? No, I don't. I think it's more... What's good for me? Mm-hmm. What can I get out mm-hmm. of this? Mm-hmm. You know, but will I make more money? Will I get more happiness? Mm-hmm. Uh, will it make me stronger? You know, I think, I think it's more um, uh, 
society is more. That's the way it was brought up. Find yourself. Find yourself mm, before you mm. do anything else. And uh, I think we've gone overboard on that. Mm. You know, because mm. while you're finding yourself, you're neglecting other people <laughs> in some respects. I think, I think that would be it. I don't know. That would solve a lot of problems. There's a sense of community that, uh, yes, that maybe very is, supportive. Yeah, is, yes. is, is different now than it was yes. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. I just think, I think the world's like that. I'm not saying it's just, just the small communities. I mm-hmm. think that's the, way, that's the way I feel. However, um, um, what was it now? Change the uh, flexibility. So you have to change with the times. I think this is it. And I also think you have to be constantly learning about new things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know these the bicycle lanes. <laughs> well, they're confusing to me because they're there and then they're not there. Not that I'm cycling. I'm the driver of a car. So this uh, dr- um, senior driver's course came up for $26. So I just took it in the fall because I felt I don't know what the roads are like now. So I took that course. It was just two weeks and it was, I think, three hours each. Just to familiarize myself with bicycle etiquette, <laughs> which there isn't. I mean, there is, yeah, but yeah. it's not observed as well. Yeah. And uh, uh, so that to me is keeping up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just because uh, you feel yeah. far, far behind. You get left mm-hmm. behind. Yeah. Well, you're definitely the most advanced grandma that I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely keep up with the times a lot. Actually, Nien got her iPhone, I think, three years before I did. And when yeah. I was buying my iPhone, she actually told me, Natasha, you should really wait until the next model comes out. It's coming out in two, in two months. You should really wait to get the iPhone 6S. <laughs> I was like, how do you know this? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're the only grandma I know who's on Facebook and checks email. Oh, I yeah. check Facebook. I'm not on it. But you, I you are. Friend. You have an account. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I don't use it. I never write on okay, it. Okay, but she, you're the first I, grandma... Whenever she goes inside, we, if we go out even for 15 minutes, as soon as we get inside, she goes to the computer to check her email. Yeah. <laughs> and the phone, too. And, I still yeah, use and the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what makes you stay so up-to-date? Like, why are you always interested in... Some of the questions you ask, I, I don't even have the current answer. Like, mm-hmm. Ming will often ask me questions. Oh, what do, you, what do your friends think about this newest... Legislation, and I've never heard of it. (laughs) You often are way more up to date than Um, any of us. Well, um, I do watch politics on TV a lot. Oh, yeah. 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 And I read. I think those are only two things. And I like talking about stuff like that, you know? You have internet at home, you have faster Wi Fi than any of us. us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is, I think, another great example of your continual learning. Because yeah. I think when the internet came out, lots of people mm-hmm. who were over the age of 60 decided, mm-hmm. oh, well, this You're like is just too much. You were one of the first to have a laptop, I remember. And, yeah. uh, and I think it was also because Yeo was also yes. very much into new technology. Yeah, and, yeah. he also uh, always used to, when he couldn't use it, I, he bought me all these technology. And the last one was the... the uh, re- iPad. What? No, the I, Kindle. The Kindle. Oh, the Kindle. And I did oh. ask him, don't buy me any, because like, I can't do... I don't know how to do all this stuff. But you do. Yeah, but it takes, you know, it's frustrating. I have so many things to keep up, so many things to charge. One of my favorite stories, though, is when you were driving with your friends to Montreal or Toronto. Yeah. And you got you got lost the, yeah. or something you couldn't this find. Like, this is like eight, well, nine years ago. This was, yeah, nine years uh, yeah. ago. So well, what, it was probably about five years ago. When so we what happened? Well, um, it was 
uh, your generation was driving. My, uh, uh, I guess she's a, a niece-in-law. She was driving. She was driving around Montreal. She was getting lost. We were coming home. And so I just said uh, to my phone, I said, take us home. And it was on there. So I said to Joanne, I said, I think we can get out of this mess. I said, so do this, do that, do that. And 15 minutes later, we were on the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so smart. <laughs> that to me is another example. Like, I didn't know you could do that. And what did you tell us? I just looked at your voice and said, take me home. <laughs> and she took you home, and I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 until yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was just lucky because we were still right, just driving around. <laughs> There's kind of a stereotype about people of your generation, mm-hmm. older older Canadians, mm-hmm. right, who are like getting more closed-minded, getting mm-hmm. less accepting of others, and, and that doesn't seem to have happened to you. Oh. <laughs> um, so, like, why why does that seem to be a thing for, for older people and how have you avoided it? Well, that's interesting because this morning Graham was pointing something out to me and I I didn't accept it. It was about the ADT, the burglar alarm system. And I thought to myself after, what are you laughing at? Just, just, just a very interesting example. <laughs> um, and I, I realized afterwards that I... It was out of fear more than anything else because I didn't know the technology of it. I didn't understand it. Now that I understand it better, uh, I agree with you, you know. But um, I think when you get older, you become more fearful. And so you do that. And uh, that, that's why I'm saying you need to ch- keep up with the times. You need to keep flexible. And I know a lot of my own own close friends, a lot are still back in the... 50s, you know, where your identity was how, how, how clean your house was and uh, how, you know, how neat your children were and what your husband did. And uh, they haven't, and they're still good friends of mine. We don't talk about those things because obviously I'm not going to tell them that they're stuck. <laughs> but, uh, but we have other things, you know, but I'm, I have to be careful because they have feelings and they don't realize this and uh, they're happy with what they're doing. You have to respect them for where they come from. That's right. So I do believe you you live by these principles. And we never until a, you Natasha, you've written these out with, with Mum in the past, but I hadn't really done that type of thing. And when you wrote them down a few days ago and I reflect on situations with Mum, like you know, respect. Like I think like um you, you could have someone come I I'm always fascinated when you have so many there's so many people coming in the house and no particularly when dad was uh, a quadriplegic in the house. You were always very interested in them. Mm-hmm. and their story. Mm-hmm. And you always made it a point to try to understand them. Mm-hmm. And when the Pearson left the house, and they, they were in some type of service industry, whether there's a guy fixing the phone or there to help dad change or whatever it was, I, I always felt that they left feeling better about themselves. Mm-hmm. But I also felt that they left and you you had, you had learned something. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you accept those people into your life like, you know, you had to clean, several, you know, you've gone through many, many cleaning ladies over, over time. Of course, that's just natural over so many years. But, you know, one year I come home and, the, and one of them is playing bridge with the, your bridge. Game. So yeah. <laughs> you, you found out this lady played bridge and all of a sudden, instead of doing the cleaning, she's playing bridge with your, with your expanded bridge group that mm-hmm. you've had in place for many years. Yeah. So that's just an example of, of, of 
respect of learning about people and respecting people mm -hmm. and um, bringing those people into your into your life mm -hmm. um, because somehow they, they they you added value to their life and they added value to your life and it, it sort of you found a common bond mm -hmm. no matter who they were. Oh, I'm going to go out of here with a big head. But <laughs> 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 well, also, I think that comes down to family as well, because I think that you're always really interested in everything that mm -hmm. the family is doing, stories. and our, yeah. our, yeah, and mm -hmm. individually, we're not just the grandkids. Like mm -hmm. you make us each feel very special, and you're interested, really interested in learning about what we're doing, even if it doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah, and balancing all the different family priorities and. Bringing us together every year. Yeah, I don't think we, we would be here without without you mm -hmm. holding us together. So, thank you. It's not supposed yeah. to be a, an admiration <laughs> society. This is supposed to be a, a, a serious interview. <laughs> no, well, you this teach us serious. so much, and I really I, like. I love talking to you. Do you have any last minute advice for your grandkids yeah. on particularly how for to your live? grandkids? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think you're doing fine. What else can I ask? I really do. All of you. What about all. other grandkids that might be listening? They too are doing well. Yeah. yeah. No, I really mean that. I, I'm, I'm not bragging and I'm not trying to uh, appease them either. I think they're, they're all doing well. But do you have advice for grandkids in the world in general? I don't know. I just think you have to be flexible. <laughs> you have to, you know, go with the punches. You know, and you know, assuming all the basic good habits are there, you know, what we talked about honesty and all that. I mean, assuming everybody has that same basis to start with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't really give any pearls of wisdom because well. I think you already have it. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Nini. Yeah, I love you too. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Stories from Grandparents. If you have any interest in submitting stories or if you want to participate on the podcast, please send us an email at storiesfromgrandparentspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>